We're back. The Jets have not answered the quarterback situation yet. So do they make a trade for Deshaun Watson? Do they keep Sam Darnold or do they draft a quarterback? We'll examine the Jets roster. With a boatload of cap space available, what do the Jets do in free agency? Do they go after some of the top names on the market or does Joe Douglas play it safe? We'll answer those questions and more next on a free agency edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. To gangs all here, everybody. Our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Go right now, catch up on all episodes from season two of the podcast. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. But if you're using Apple Podcasts, give us that five star rating. Write in a nice review. Guest free, special free agency show today here. Jake Brown, Brian Costello. Cause it's like you went months with having nightmares of hearing my voice screaming and the big welcome. <laughs> I mean, this you might have a nightmare this weekend. Yeah, it's been a long time, Jake. Haven't heard any rants in a long time. I'm a little curious who you're going to rant about now that Adam Gase is on a golf course somewhere. You know, there's I, I don't see much that you can complain about with the Jets right now as we sit here on March 12th, but... I'm sure you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, give me a couple weeks. Give me a two days into free agency, and you know they missed on this guy, this guy, this guy. But yes, you know, cause they have so much money to spend, and I think that we talked about this the the sala plus the money, the the second pick. There's a lot of positive things after a season that reeked of nothing positive. And, you know, quarterbacks, obviously, where we got to start here, cause because everyone's saying, will Sam Darnold get traded? What value you're going to get for him? But the question that we haven't been able to address is Deshaun Watson. And I think we don't agree on everything, but we agree that you got to trade for him. If they can do it, trade three first-round picks. And even if they want Quinn and Williams, I'm doing it. I badly want Deshaun Watson. I'll give up three picks, you know, Quinn, and I'll give up one of your children, Cause I'm sorry, to get Deshaun Watson. They need a franchise quarterback, and the Texans at some point are going to have to budge and move him because he has zero interest in playing in Houston. Yeah, that's the question, though, Jake. Will they budge? And I'm not sure. Everyone I talked to, I talked to somebody last night and asked the question, you know, who knows, has been talking to Texans and stuff, and they said they don't, they think they're going to sit on Deshaun Watson and not trade him and just wait, you know, wait him out and play chicken with him into the season. And when he starts losing money, let's see what he does. But I'm with you. I think the Jets should try to get him. If they, you know, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm calling Nick Casario every week and seeing if anything changes. You know, as far as what I would give up, I'd give them three first round picks. I'd give them Sam Darnold. I'd give them second round picks. I'd give them everything else. With Quinn and Williams, if they want Quinn and Williams, then I'm slashing one first round pick off, Jake, because he's a first round pick to me. You know, he's still on his rookie deal two years in. That's he's going to be a good player. So I would say two first round picks in Quinn and Williams or three first round picks and no Quinn and Williams. But it's funny, Jake, the, the last week of the season the you know, the Jets played the Patriots and I was home. I covered it from home because because of COVID. And I wrote my story that that I was kind of just sitting waiting because we knew Adam Gates was going to get fired either that night or the next morning. And I heard it was going to be that night. So I was kind of just waiting for the official word. And I flipped on red zone and the Texans and Titans were playing right 
Titans a pretty good team. The Texans had nothing around Deshaun at that point. Everybody was hurt. And he's marching them down the field, like almost won the game. He's throwing to Chad Hansen, who used to be on the Jets. So I know what I know what quality receivers he's throwing to. And I was sitting there going, like, that's what a franchise quarterback looks like. Not knowing, you know, he'd be asking for a trade in a few weeks. But, I, like, I just remember coming away from that blown away by how good he is because I don't get to see him much. So, yeah, if you can get a 25-year-old franchise quarterback, you give up a lot. And I know there's a lot of fans out there that have emailed me and say, oh, you can't trade draft picks. You, you know, you're, there's going to be nothing around him if they trade him. This isn't about 2021. This is about... 2026 this is about 2030 like you're gonna have your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years and you build around them and then maybe yeah maybe you can't build everything around them in 2021 but that's a huge huge piece of the puzzle jake and they I, you know if they can do it go get him he's a franchise quarterback and he makes guys better like you said and it, it's just and he's under contract you don't have to worry about his contract yeah. for a while it's just a no-brainer to me that's interesting so you would you would say two first round picks and quinnan or three first-round picks and Sam Darnold. Now, the question is, did the Texans want Sam Darnold is the question, too. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't want Sam Darnold, that's fine. And then you spin Sam off to another team and you get some draft picks back, you know, to re to, to restock the cabinet, so to speak, with some draft picks. Because I'm amazed, Jake, at how many of your fellow Jets fans are scared of trading draft picks. Have they watched recently? Like, draft picks don't always work out. <laughs> oh, give them my left even... kidney, my right kidney, and every draft pick until the end of eternity for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but come on. Just, you got to do it for him. Yeah, I'm not in favor of, of trading draft picks just for anyone, but, like, this is, I can't remember a franchise quarterback, like, at this age being available ever. You know, I think you'd have to go back probably to, like, Fran Tarkenton in the 60s when the Vikings traded him to the Giants or something like this. So, you know, guys sometimes become available late in their careers and things like that, but not like this. He's 25 years old. And and listen, Easterby's a joke. McNair's a joke. And now the, the press conference with Coley is, is a sideshow. I mean, all over social media. So everything in Houston is going wrong, and they could budge all they want. I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to step on the field again there. So I, if I'm the Texans, I'm getting everything in the world that they can get right now, which his, his highest value is right now. Do, what do you think? If they go into August, September, cause does his value get higher or lower because teams already settled on quarterbacks by then the Jets are going to have an idea of who their quarterback might be that I feel like his value goes way down if they if they keep waiting this out I don't think it goes way down Jake I think the tricky part for the Texans is if you go past the draft then if you're dealing with a team you don't know what you're getting what makes why the Jets make sense in this whole scenario is the number two pick so because if you're sitting there and you're Houston and you're going to trade Deshaun Watson you better have a plan of who you're placing him with right and if you get the number two pick then you can take whatever quarterback you want who's not named Trevor Lawrence if you go past the draft and now it's like okay if you make a trade with the Jets you don't know what the Jets are going to be drafting in 2022 you might maybe the Jets have a decent season and you end up 15th and now you're not taking a quarterback so you know that's the tricky part to me I don't think his value will go down so much Jake I just think it gets a little more complicated with with dealing with teams because you remember like when the Jets traded Jamal Adams and that was one of the criticisms was well well like the Seahawks you're gonna be drafting late you know so it gets a little trickier there but I think his value will still be high very tricky because if it's Labor Day and the Jets say you know they they take Wilson they take Zach Wilson he ends up being the quarterback and then the Texans call Joe Douglas who someone said I look like a skinny Joe Douglas yesterday which 
I guess I take as a compliment because he's a football genius and he's a, he's a sharp looking guy and he, I got called skinny and I'm not because I got the vaccine because I'm fat. So I'll take that compliment. But Joe Douglas, you know, he's looking and he's saying, you know what, what do I do now? I just took a quarterback with the second pick. They're saying, give us three first rounders and, and we'll give you Watson. It's such a bizarre situation for the Jets because well, then what do they do with Zach Wilson at that point? Yeah, well, yeah, you wouldn't. I think you'd stick with Zach Wilson because you can't trade Zach Wilson because the, the money, you'll be taking a lot. You'll take a big hit on cap cap. Like it'll, it accelerates every month. All the guaranteed money that's due Zach Wilson will accelerate under your cap then. So I don't think they'd do that. But if they stick with Sam Darnold, Jake, and that scenario happens, then it that becomes interesting for the Jets. Then, then you, I think you can move on from Sam Darnold at that point, which would be, you know, we, we're going to debate it for the next six weeks. I mean, it might be further if they stick with him past the draft. But yeah, it, it's for Nick Casario to walk into this is a brutal situation. So it's going to be fascinating to see what the Texans do there. And, you know, do they blink? And it's easy for Deshaun Watson, Jake, in January, February, March to say, I'm not going to play for the Texans. Let's see when he misses that first game check. There aren't a lot of guys who do that, Jake. Le'Veon Bell did it with the Steelers, but not, you know, there's a lot of guys who bark, bark, bark. And then when it comes time to this for the season, they show up. So we'll see. And those game checks are one to 2 million a week. So it's a lot of money being thrown around. And that's the Sam Darnold question. His contract is 4.6 million for 2021. Now the deadline to pick up his 2022 option cause is May 3rd. So it's days after the draft. We'll be back with a post draft pre and post draft show. 18.9 million so a team that would trade and pick him up because it essentially would be two years 23 and a half which if he's any decent that's a it's a great value for a quarterback the question is he's not I'm fascinated cause by how many Jets fans are on board with bringing him back and building around him I get he's a cheap option and they're not ready to win this year but I just don't get the love over him I mean we've seen shades here and there but over the long haul and we've talked about this endlessly he has proven that he's not the guy yet and probably needs a fresh start our our guy Mark Sanchez has been all over ESPN saying get rid of him send him somewhere let him go to a better place for him to develop so it, it boggles my mind and I'm sure you get the emails from Jets fans like you said of people People saying, why not just build around Darnold for one more year? Yeah, it's fascinating to me, Jake. I, I could do a lot of fascinating things about the psychology of Jets fans. But there are certain guys that Jets fans like do not want to hear criticism of. And then there's other guys they don't want to hear praise of at all. I think, you know, compare Darnold to Sanchez, right? They come from the same school. They were drafted around the same time. Jets fans were pretty much done with Mark Sanchez by year four. Like, that was 2012. That's the Tebow year. Kind of had a, he had a pretty good year the year before. He threw a lot of interceptions, but he had threw, also threw a lot of touchdowns. But he, he had gone to two championship games, and I don't feel like, you know, he got the benefit of the doubt like Sam gets. So I don't really get it. I mean, I do think there's a lot of people, not just not just fans, but uh, people I talked to around the NFL who do think with a better offensive scheme, Sam Nara will be good. And with better weapons around him, he'll be good. So I understand that argument. And I think Mike LaFleur's offense, you know, if he can bring some of that Kyle Shanahan magic here, it, it definitely will make things easier on Sam. It's just an easier offense for all quarterbacks. But I don't know, man. I've seen... I, the decision-making, I don't know how that makes your decision-making any better. And some of Sam's decision-making just makes me scratch my head. So, like, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm really digging in on these college quarterbacks. And if, if I think there's one who's going to be good, the tie goes to the college quarterback. 
to me. Like I, if I, I'm, I'm starting over with a new guy, with a new guy. Yeah, and Trey Lance having his pro day at North Dakota State. So we'll see how he looks out there. I, you know, I don't take too much stock into into that. It's still so early, and we'll talk about draft picks later on. You know, we could talk endlessly. Do they go here? Do they go? Do they go Devontae Smith? Do they trade down? So, in terms of Darnold, what is a realistic value if they trade him? Second round pick, third round pick? I don't. I doubt they're getting a first, right? They're not getting a first. I don't think. I think the second round pick plus another mid round pick maybe next year. You know, so like let's say a second in 2021 and a fifth round pick in 2022, something like that, I think would be realistic. All right. So that's enough on quarterbacks here. We got to talk about the cap space $69.2 million. The Jets have in the bank, the second behind the Jaguars, only fitting those are the top two picks in the draft. So negotiations start Monday, Kaz. But take us through this because it's kind of confusing because we see deals announced Monday, Tuesday. They can't become official till Wednesday. But I guess the Monday through four p- till 4 p.m. Wednesday, teams can talk and kind of verbally agree to a deal, but they can't cross the T's and dot the I's till 4 p.m. Wednesday. Yeah, let's be clear, Jake. Like these teams and agents are already talking. You know, it's pretty much a wink wink thing in the NFL that that this happens. It usually happens at the combine. This year there was no combine, so it's happening in phone calls. But like these the calls over the last few weeks are kind of like, you know, hey, what's your guy looking for? Okay, like get an idea. The agents might ask the teams, what do you think is the value here? Like, what do you think this guy will get? So they kind of feel each other out. And then Monday they call and say, All right, we're gonna offer you three years and thirty million dollars or whatever. And they can agree in principle to a deal. And then Wednesday sign it. Now, you know, that's the first wave of free agency, Jake. There's that that's the one that's gonna get the headlines, that's the big names. But there's a lot more to free agency than the first few days. That you know, they there's wave, there's kind of we we always call them waves. The first wave is that big money. Second wave, there might there might be guys coming in for visits. I'm not sure how they'll do that with COVID. I imagine they'd be tested and then they could visit. And then the third wave is kind of where you, you do the value plays after that. So I know Jets fans' eyes are wide open with $69 million in cap space, but don't expect the Jets to spend $69 million, first of all, right? They, they have to sign – they have to put money away for the draft picks. They have nine draft choices, two first-round picks, which is a lot of money. They're going to need money for yeah, – you sign players during the season. There's IR, all that stuff. You know, Parcells used to call it fudge money. You, you need some stuff just for things that happen. And the Jets have shown that they like to have rollover. Like Douglas, the reason they have so much cap space this year is they rolled over a lot of cap space from last year. So I think he'll do that again. And there's also, Jake, you know, we focus on the cap because we don't know what the cash is. But there's a cash budget here somewhere, too. The Jets say they can spend this much money. And, you know, I think they can spend, but they also have to put some money away. Like, for example, their first two, the two first round picks, number two and number 23, those two guys, their combined signing bonus will be $30 million. And that's cash. That's not like fake money. That's they're going to get $30 million within a few months. So they have to, you know, account for that. So I guess I'm what I would say, Jake, is I do think the Jets will strike. I do think they'll they'll get, you know, maybe a, one big name. I don't think this is going to be a spending spree, though. And I think I they think have to get one because they skipped on that. Joe Douglas, essentially, you talk about the waves. The first wave, he said, I'm good. And then he went to the second wave. He's got to get one big guy, especially a playmaker for the team. And I know you could get that in the draft, but this team really does need that kind of Kenny Galladay or Juju or number one receiver. I think you got to get one of them. I don't think he's going to overspend, though, Jake. I think he's going to be stick to the value, and I think Galladay's going to get overpaid. You know, Galladay, like, these guys get overrated, Jake. This is what happens. Like if, if if you and I had a conversation in October and I said, name me the top five wide receivers, 
Is Kenny Galladay a top five wide receiver? No, and last year he was hurt no. too, so he's coming off an injury. Yeah. He played five games. Is Juju is Juju a top ten wide receiver? Not last year. The year before he probably was, but he's probably top twenty. Yeah. But right now, like right now, when he hits free agency, he's like, oh, this is the best guy of it. Like this is the Tremaine Johnson trick here. Okay, Tremaine Johnson was not one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. He was the best cornerback available that year, and they paid him like he was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and then they regretted it. So you have to be careful. You know, I know everyone gets excited about the big names. I think I think there will be one that, he, but I think he's going to look for value. I think he's going to look for where somebody whose market doesn't develop. You know, Will Fuller from the Texans interests me. He's not quite as high profile as those guys that you mentioned. So maybe they can get him for a little bit cheaper than what those guys are. And Joe Tooney, he's an interesting one to watch. I you know I think his market's going to get away from the Jets, Jake. I like he's the he is the only really good guard on the market. I think there's going to be a bidding war for him, and I don't think Douglas is going to get into a bidding war. So I'm not sure he'll land here. The most fascinating position to me, though, is edge rusher because there's guys in this market that normally would be franchise tagged that got out because of the way the cap is this year. So like Yannick Ngakwe, I can see him end up here, someone like that. So I do think they'll they'll end up with one of these big guys, but I, I think just I think Douglas is going to be cautious. They badly need a pass rusher. And- uh, you know, back on receiver, I love Marvin Jones. If they can get Marvin Jones from Detroit, if they can get him eight to ten million a year. I'm in on Marvin Jones. He's coming off a really good year, and he's one of those guys with Fuller who's who's not you know in the upper echelon of the Gallaudets and Juju and you know T.Y. Hilton for a year as a veteran in there wouldn't be the worst if you can get him on the low. I don't know what he's going to get. Obviously, he's he's not in his prime anymore, but. A good veteran receiver, Kendrick Bourne, is on the lower end and has the Salah connection. He's a number three or four receiver maybe they look at. But, yeah, that's a depth guy. And you got to get playmakers, and you got to look at running back too. I mean, Tevin Coleman's a guy that the Salah connection uh, with the Niners who they might look at. You got Running backs usually address in the draft, so, you know, maybe they have give P. Ryan a bigger role. But, you know, the, the, Frank Gore's not coming back for his 800th season, and Le'Veon Bell's out the door. So, you know, they got to talk about running back. So that's something that may happen in the draft too yeah and the key thing with the running back jake with with this offense you need running backs in this offense you know if they, they think about the 49ers and all the guys they had raheem Mostert, tevin coleman mckinnon like they had they rolled them out there right and remember what they did to the jets the first play of the game you know 80 yards down the field for a touchdown so like that's the running game is the key to this offense and setting up the passing game and setting up the play action and setting up the, the bootlegs and the rollout. So I don't think they'll sign a running back in free agency, but I could see like that, that first round pick at 23, the second first round pick, I can see them taking a running back there. I think they'll address running back in the draft. There's a lot of names. I mean, Philip Lindsay, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, Tevin Coleman, James White, Matt Breida, Mike Davis. Carlos Hyde, Rex Burkett, Leonard Fournette. Then you go down TJ Yeldon, Chris Thompson, or, you know, a receiving running back. Yeah, I think they can bring in one of those guys as like a, a complimentary back, you know, but I think I think they're going to look in the draft to land the number one guy. I think, yeah, draft one of those guys, and then maybe we'll see more of P. Ryan would be a good trio receiver, of course. Tight end is something that, you know, it's that's been a big predicament for the Jets with, with Chris Herndon's struggles and, you know, Stone Cold Herndon sometimes and his injury problems in the past. So do you think they go to, you know, Hunter Henry, would you got the money to go get an elite tight end like a Hunter Henry. You're shaking your head. You don't like a Hunter Henry. 
I just don't, I just don't think that's the priority, Jake. Like if you're like, I don't think they're going to spend on four positions. Like I don't think they're going to spend at the top of the market on four positions. And so I think edge rusher and wide receiver are a much bigger priority than tight end. With Herndon, I think you have to roll the dice and hope that the coaching staff gets more out of him this year and that he can benefit from this offense too. I, and then you know maybe you take another one in the draft as well. But I wouldn't I wouldn't spend big at tight end. Maybe they go lower with an Eifert or a Croft. Jared Cook, I love a veteran, but I don't know how much he'll cost. Mercedes Lewis. So there's guys out there they could pair. Jordan Reed, although tons of injury problems. Trey Burton. There's there's names out there who might not break the bank that could help them. And you got to think about depth. You know, that's that's the key for for this Jets team. They have holes everywhere. I'm, I'm pissed Allen Robinson got franchise tag because he was out doing those cryptic likes, cause of all social media posts about the Jets, and it seemed like it was a lock that he was coming here. He gets tagged. Godwin, we kind of knew, would probably get tagged or signed after winning a the lock. Super Bowl. A lock? It seemed like a lock. He was God, liking him. And his, he's I love, liking the photo I love you millennials, Jake. I love you, millennials. Just because the guy liked a couple of posts, he's a lock, lock. to come to the Jets. <laughs> am I a millennial or I'm Gen Z? I don't know. I'm, I'm 30. What so. are you, Jake? I don't, what, uh, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, to, when, when does Gen Z start? I don't know, Alex. You're a crack research staff here. You're going to have to look up, is Gen Z 30 and beyond or what? Technically, Jake's a millennial. Gen Z, you'd have to just graduate college about three or four years ago. So I think you just yeah, used, yeah, uh, you're a millennial, Jake. There you go. Yeah. I don't know which title I prefer. Like I gotta look up it. Would I rather be Gen Z or millennial? I don't know. And then other, you know, the Jets they fran they did their own franchise tagging cause of Marcus May. What do, you, do he's on ten and a half million on the tag? Do you think they try and extend him long term? I imagine they will. What do you think happens with Marcus May? I think they'll try, Jake. I know they want him back. I know they've made him a contract offer. I don't know if they'll be able to agree on a number. Marcus May is a tricky guy. He's a tricky evaluation because he's a good player. He's not a great player. I think we all agree on that. He's also a really good locker room guy for them. I thought he showed a lot of leadership last year, kind of stepped up with Jamal leaving. Does everything right. Does that get you paid? I don't know. And so like, I have a feeling that that Marcus is probably going to be looking for $14 million a year. That's kind of where the top safeties are. I don't see the Jets going there. So I don't know if they'll be able to reach a number in the middle. I have a feeling the Jets are probably closer to what the tag is, 10 and a half. They're probably looking at like $11 million a year. So do, can they bridge the gap? They have till July 15th to do it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they'll get there. Like, that's always a tricky thing. And listen, defense was terrible. We talk about the playmakers and the Jets badly needing playmakers. We got to talk about what they're going to – I mean, you mentioned a pass rush is going to be key. Carlos Dunlap, Jadavion Clowney, Justin Houston, like you said, Ngakwe, Ryan Kerrigan. Does he go with a guy, Kerry Hyder, who was has a Salah connection – and he led the 49ers with eight and a half sacks. So obviously they had the whole team was hurt. So he was the guy that filled in and, and filled up the stat sheet. But he's going to be a guy that doesn't cost you as much. And, you know, I think it is important, cause to have a coach that has some of his guys in the building. I think there is something to that. And having a guy you're comfortable with who can help some of the other guys learn the system. I think there is something to that. Yeah, Really, Jake, is one of the smartest things Rex Ryan did when he got hired. In 2009, he signed Bart Scott, Jimmy Leonard, and Marcus Douglas from the Ravens. And it was one guy at each level of the defense. And they helped teach the defense, but they also preached the gospel of Rex. 
and they got these guys to buy into the program and coaches need that. You need guys in the locker room that are going to kind of back you up. And so I, I could see them adding somebody from the 49ers. Hyder's an interesting guy. You know, I don't think he's the number one edge rusher I was talking about, but he could be a number two edge rusher. Like they, they could, they could sign two edge rushers in this free agent class. And one of them being like a big market, like I see in Gakwe. And then maybe Hyder would, Hyder was actually on the jets, Jake. He was in training camp. God, I want to say 2014. And he was really good. Like he was, I remember like he stood out. He was an undrafted free agent that caught my eye, but that's when the Jets had Muhammad Wilkerson, Damon Harrison, and Sheldon Richardson. Like they were set at defensive line, so they let him go. But it'd be interesting if he made his way back here now with Salah. And then in the corner, I I don't know if it's a lock, but I I think they're going to go after Richard Sherman because of that connection and just have a veteran out there. The question is, you know, Sherman probably wants to win. He comes here. They're not going to win. They're probably a six-win team at best, whatever they, depending on whatever they do. They're not winning more than six or seven games. So I don't know, Kaz. I think Sherman's going to want to be here. You know, he had the whole thing. I think he was doing like a podcast with Chris Collinsworth or something, and he was talking about, you know, Deshaun Watson would be a king here. If they could trade for Watson and then bring in Sherman, talk about at least names and New York Post front page headlines with Brian Costello. We're talking big names with Richard Sherman and Deshaun Watson if that combo comes here with Salah. Yeah, Sherman's interesting. You know, I mean, I, obviously he's been a big fan of Salah, and I think it's mutual. So we'll see. He's got, he's a hard guy to get a read on. Doesn't have an agent, so there's not a lot out there about him. You know, there's not a lot of talk about him. I don't know what he's going to be looking for in a contract. And I, and I think you raised a good point, Jake. Is he going to be chasing a ring? He's not coming here if he's chasing a ring, right? If, so if he wants to go somewhere for a year, chase a Super Bowl, he's going to go somewhere else. So I'm not sure what his market will be, but the cornerback market is not strong in free agency. That's another one. There's not a lot of great names out there. So I think the Jets will probably try to address that in the draft. Try to hope that, that you know Bryce Hall and Bless Austin develop and take another step. And I think the biggest thing that can help the Jets cornerbacks is if they get edge rushers. If they can, you know, if they can, if the Jets can create a great defensive line and they have a pretty good interior line already with Quinn Williams, I think John Franklin Meyer showed some things. Foley Fadakasi showed some good things. If they can have a really strong defensive line, that helps the secondary. You know, that was the problem with the Jets is they had neither the last few years. They had no pass rush and no corner. So it was a field day for offenses. But yeah, Sherman's going to be a name to watch. And you always like to say, Kaz, the Noah's Ark offseason. Need two of everything. And there are a couple, you know, Patrick Peterson, A.J. Boyd, Malcolm Butler's cut. He's available. So name-wise, there are guys out there. The question is, how much are they going to call us? Josh Norman, again, if you want another veteran. A lot uh, of these names, though, Jake, these guys are names because of what they did in 2015. And the Jets can't go down that road. Richard Sherman's an exception because of the solid connection. But these other guys, like that's where you, that's where you get into trouble is if you sign guys because they're big names because of what they did six years ago. The the Jets are going to be looking for guys who are younger, you know, slipping through the cracks, trying to find some some gem, some hidden gems out there. And the other solid connections with the Niners: Kawan Williams, Jason Verrett, Kella Witherspoon. Those are all. Probably depth guys, you're you know four or five guys, and nothing wrong with that. What if you had to make a prediction now, Kaz? What's the what's the one Jets big splash name that they spend in free agency? I'll go in Gakwe, Jake. I think he makes a lot of sense for them. You know, he's young. I think he's he. I think he turns 26 at the end of this month. He's never had less than eight sacks in a season. He had a weird year last year where he's traded for twice, traded to Minnesota from Jacksonville, then traded to Baltimore. He's not great against the run. 
I think he would be a really nice addition to this defense. Salah knows him. They were actually Salah was in Jacksonville when Ngakwe was drafted there. So I, that's the guy I think. If, I, if you had to ask me one big splash guy, I think that's where they go. And he's in a, in his prime. He's not you know this Richard Sherman later in his career. He would be definitely a good fit. And the Jets have badly, badly missed a pass rush. So we'll see. This, they need one, two of everything. I think playmakers, I think they're going to get one of these guys. I would love a Marvin Jones. I think Corey Davis might be a good option too. We'll see what Fuller's price tag is at. You know, if, if you're right, if, if Douglas isn't going to spend like a drunken sailor, if, you know, like something Steve Cohen and the Mets said in the offseason, then he's not going to get Galladay because, you know, PFS, PFF is predicting Galladay is going to get four years over $20 million a year, which is just an overpay. I mean, that's very obvious. You can't do that. Like I said, again, you have to sit there and, and ask yourself, if we're stacking receivers in October, not March, where does this guy rank? You know, and like, he's not he's not one of the top receivers in the NFL. So, yeah, they, they can't do that. Yeah, it's always, it's always hard to predict how, the, how these guys' markets develop. I mean, look at Robbie last year. Robbie Anderson, Jake. I thought he was going to get a lot more money than he got last year. Yeah, and he and didn't. He, what, so, what did he get, 12, 14 a year? He got he, he got two years, $20 million. Yeah. He got 10 a year. Jets yeah. should have Everybody. easily done that looking back. Jets should have done Yeah, Jets should have done it. And I, don't, I still don't understand why they didn't do it. You know, there's going to be a guy like that, and that's who the Jets have to pounce on. Is you know, I think that's what, what he's looking for, what Joe Douglas wants, is some value. And, you know, Robbie was a good player for the Panthers this year, so they can do it. <sighs> Deshaun Watson just would make me so much happier no matter what happens in free agency because – He'll be here for the long haul. He'll be in New York City. Like Sherman said, he'd be a king here. I mean, it'd be on the face of all the billboards. You know, you'd rather have that be the face of the guy comes to town than a Juju Smith-Schuster in the face of TikTok because he'll be dancing in the streets and TikTok videos. And listen, the, the Gen Zs, the ones younger than me, are going to love that. I still have not succumbed to the TikTok world. I know you're not on TikTok. It just seems like a place to waste three, four hours of your day just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And that's where Juju's mind's going to be. Sounds like Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my screen time of Twitter is is not good. It's it's many hours are spent on on Twitter. And, you know, on Twitter today, I mean, my God, cause how, listen, the Jets fans could feel a little nice today because what are the Patriots doing? $14 million. It's not $14 million, Jake. What, bringing it's back Cam Newton. It's not $14 million, though. Like, we need to see the contract. I, I guarantee that contract is like, it's probably one year, $6 million. And then if he wins, the Super Bowl is named MVP, comes up with the fourth vaccine for COVID, <laughs> and and gets Bill Belichick to smile, he gets $14 million. Like, that's going to be incentive-laden. I, I don't know. I mean, everyone was quick to report the national guys that, like, they're not done. They're going to do something else, a like quarterback. So maybe they're going to draft a quarterback. Maybe that's their plan and have Cam as kind of his, you know, his Fitzmagic type of guy. Yeah, Mike Reese, you're right. He says six million is a total of six million is tied to honors and how far the Patriots advance in the playoffs. All right, so okay, so it's eight million dollars. It's a one year eight million dollar contract, which for a quarterback is nothing. You but know, that's, he was so freaking terrible last year that he made me feel better about them, Sam Darnold. But he throw it to the them. other team left and right, cause injury problems. Uh, you know, I'm not a Cam Newton guy. I think. This was bizarre because I thought they would try for maybe bring Jimmy G back. Maybe, you know, go for uh, G. Mitchell G. Trubisky. Let's talk, about, <laughs> let's talk about the Jimmy G thing for a second, Jake. What is so wrong with Jimmy G other than, I mean, I know he can't stay healthy. I know he's had injury problems. But, like, 
Didn't he? Didn't he take them to a Super Bowl two years ago? I tweeted the same thing. I don't understand why 49ers fans it. have turned on him. They're like, oh, he was available and could have played last year. Listen, they, the whole team was out. You'd rather him get healthy for the following year. I don't understand the hate for him. And yeah, you're right. You just took him to the Super Bowl. So listen, if if the Jets, I'm if I'm the Jets, I make a call. I would love Jimmy G here. I'd rather have Jimmy G than a Zach Wilson or one of these guys. I'm a Jimmy G fan. Obviously, he had the great defense built around him and he had all the pieces around him to get that team to the Super Bowl. But I'm in locks over the why the hate for Jimmy G. But so does every quarterback that gets to the Super Bowl, Jake. Show me the quarterback that gets there without a good defense and without a good team around them. Patrick Mahomes has a good team around him. Tom Brady has a good team around him. Like that's how it works. So yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't get the rumors about Jimmy G constantly. I, I think I don't I don't see why the 49ers would want to move on from him right now. Speaking of veteran quarterbacks, as we you know close up shop here on Gangs All Here, Jake Brown, Brian Costello, follow us on Twitter at Brian Cos at Jake Brown Radio. Read Cos' stories in the post at nypost.com. Is Tom Brady? My God, he's going to be playing until he gets AARP cards. I mean, this is unbelievable. He has signed a one year extension. It'll play through forty five years old at this point. I guess it was a four year deal, but voided after one because they they got rid of some of the cap off of this year's number. Do you know how that worked exactly, how they got him? I didn't look at it exactly, but the way voidable years work, Jake, is you know you can give someone a signing bonus. When you give them a bonus, you can prorate that over the length of the contract. So if you give someone $20 million and they sign for four years, it counts $5 million a year on the cap. So you can lower the cap charges that way. It's just a way to to get these guys signed and lower cap. It's, it's almost like a credit card. You're paying for it down the road a little bit. You know, There's going to be a charge on for Tom Brady in a few years when he's not on the team. You just know, Jake, Tom Brady is going to end up on the Jets when he's 50 years old <laughs> be and terrible. he can't play anymore. <laughs> It'll be terrible. Like, right? Like, just how poetic would that what be? What a story if Tom Brady led the Jets to the Super Bowl after 20 years of rooting against him. Age 50, leads the Jets <laughs> to their first Super Bowl since Joe Namath. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be a, I'll buy the jersey. I'll finally give in and like Brady. I hate him. Old takes do, you hate, expo- do you hate Brady, Jake? Yeah, old takes exposed got me because I quote tweeted a Schefter tweet saying not happening when you know it would be at home Brady for Super Bowl not happening uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I thought it was I was going to be featured in the video if he had all the receipts of all the haters yeah. and listen I hate him I, I good okay, for him I, I, one thing that that always surprises me about Brady is like you know the, the parade stuff right like where he was wasted I love that made he, it more relatable I like that part about him but I still don't like I him. figured you I figured you did and like you know but like a lot of the guys would do that and get criticized. Like everyone, like everyone loved that with Brady, and it's amazing to me. Like he seems pretty well liked for a guy who's basically perfect at everything. He's got a perfect life. Most guys that have a perfect life, you you don't like them. Like you you, you resent them. Brady seems to get away with a lot. You know, I, I feel like he's not that hated by people. But, you know, you hate him, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but listen, I respect everything he does, and he's undoubtedly the GOAT, but I just want him to go away. Go with Giselle on a lifelong vacation away from the NFL. I just don't want to keep – he's going to be the Julio Franco now, the NFL, except he's very good and not just a pinch hitter. That's what he's becoming. He's just – he's never going away, and I don't even know, bro, if he's probably going to be – he might do this four-year contract without a void. I mean, he might be here till he's 50 because, listen, what he did after 
after that loss to the Chiefs in the regular season, they just went in cruise control, and they they became this team that looked like a Super Bowl team. I didn't see that from them. They surprised a lot of us. You know, Taylor Heineke almost took him down in the first round of the playoffs. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I, I just can't keep watching him. I just can't do it. And they play uh, the Jets this year, Jake. Buccaneers Jets this year. Is that at MetLife Stadium? At MetLife? Oh man, That's, I'm gonna have to be going to that one. Todd Bowles is gonna be blitzing whoever the quarterback is from the time he gets off the bus. Which means at 12:59, <laughs> I'll look like Tom Brady in the video from the parade. I'll, I'll be throwing around plastic Lombardi trophies to the to the next tailgate, not to the next boat. I mean, what a ballsy move that! I mean that that was pretty cool. That and the drunk combination was cool. But that's it. That's all you get. You got you got your beautiful supermodel wife who makes more than he does. And you know, he yeah. he's he keeps taking these discount like discounts said, to stay there. Perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. Right? It's hard to find knocks on Tom Brady. <sighs> I'm sick of him. I'm sick of Tom Brady. Anyways, we'll see what the Jets do here in free agency. We'll be back. There'll there'll be moves to be made. Last, do do you think there's any more cap casualties to be had with the Jets? Is there any other name that gets them to eighty million? <laughs> no, no, Jake. They, they don't really need to do cap casualties, right? They have all this cap space. They don't need eighty million dollars in cap space. I will say this: I do think there's some guys who could get cut depending on how free agency plays out. So, like for example, if they sign Juju Smith-Schuster, I think they cut Jamison Crowder. Really. Because- yeah, Smith Schuster's a slot. He's he's a slot receiver. So they're basically the same position, different, very different body types, but same position. If they sign Joe Tooney, then I think they cut Alex Lewis, right? Like that kind of thing. I think that will happen, which would free up some space. But they, you know, they're not the New Orleans Saints. Like if you're paying attention to what the Saints are doing right now, they're cutting everybody and restructuring everybody to get it under the cap. The Jets are fine. You can live with seventy million dollars in cap space. Um, Henry Anderson was just a contract that made no sense, and they had to get rid of, so they cut him. But I don't think there'll be anything else, Jake, until they start signing guys. Then I think maybe they cut some people. Yeah, looking at the list now, the only, I mean, maybe George Fan. I don't know if, if that would make any sense. That's McGovern. another one. That's another one. They'd have to, ha- if you get the replacement, then you cut Fan. But I, I think they like Fan, Jake. I think they're, I think when it comes to the offensive line, I think they're looking to upgrade a guard. I think they're happy at tackle and center. And then, you know, I guess C.J. Mosley's coming back, right? I mean, he's a guy that's yeah, an anchor to the defense, and they probably need him back, although he cost a boatload. He cost a boatload. Yeah, you're not getting out of that contract. You know, he, he still has four years left on the contract, Jake, because he opted out last year. So the contract rolled over. I With C.J., I just don't know what you're getting. He basically hasn't played a full game in three years. <laughs> so, you know, he played against New England two years ago, but he, he was on one leg, and he played against Buffalo when he got hurt. But yeah, so I just don't know what you expect. If you can get CJ Mosley, the 2018 version, that's a that's a nice piece of your defense. I just don't know, you know, that's a long time and not not playing football. I did not think cause in 2019 when I was at week one Jets Bills at MetLife Stadium, that would be one of the final times I saw CJ Mosley and then a pandemic would happen. I, I didn't I didn't know that would be Remember uh, how great he was that day, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> the one half I mean, he was he was all over the field that day. Well, didn't he get pulled? Um, he got injured in the second half, right? He got injured in the third quarter. I think they were up sixteen to three when he got injured, and then they collapsed. And they and lost. Up, they ended up losing. What was it twenty yeah, to nineteen? What was the final? That no, seventeen sixteen. Seventeen. They didn't 16. score again. Oh. They gave up. You know, so he had a great game that day. Let me look. look and I remember they him. missed an extra point. That was the reason it was seventeen sixteen. Yes. They missed an extra yeah, yeah. point. The yeah. great Kari Vedvik. Oh, God. Remember him? Can we address... Uh, you yeah. know I always talk about kicker. Can the Jets get a goddamn kicker this oh, offseason, too? Here he goes on kicker, Alex. God. <laughs> the Jet, this, is, this is the guy whose house is falling apart, and he's like, 
Can we get a new chandelier in here? Like, <laughs> kicker's the least of their worries right uh, now, Jake. Uh, get one, please. Mosley had, you know, Mosley had six tackles. He had a pick six. He had a fumble recovery. Two passes deflected. I forgot <laughs> he had the pick six. That's right. Wow. Yeah. What a game. Yeah, and, and a fumble recovery. Yeah, he was everywhere on the field that day. You know, then he played one more game. He becomes kind of like a pickup. You talk about trade deadline additions and like a guy comes back from injury. He's obvious. If he could be his old self, that is huge for this defense. Yeah, yeah, he'd be great. I mean, obviously, I think he'd be the right now from who they have. He'd be the second best player on the defense behind Quinnen. So, but you know, I just don't know what to expect from him. That was a pretty serious injury he had. He had surgery. I don't know if he would even would have been ready last year to play if the season if he hadn't opted out. So we'll see. You know, it feels like years. I didn't think we. I didn't. I was sure we'd be ready. I've been trying to keep fresh with you know doing the amazing but true Mets podcast. But you know, it's been two what two months since we're back for gangs all here. And we'll be back once moves are made. So, you know, check in late late of the free agency week, the Friday or the following week. We'll see what the Jets end up doing. I think it's going to be something like a Richard Sherman, a Marvin Jones, maybe a Hyder, maybe in Gakwe, and then draft and some lower-end guys. Maybe that's me just being generous. I don't know if they'll go all, get all those guys. But, you know, Joe Douglas has to hit. You're actually more realistic than I thought, Jake. I thought you were going to give me, like, I see Kenny Galladay, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tootie, like, the, you know, like you're playing Madden and signing the number one guy at every position. Yeah, well, they do need Tootie, so maybe I'll throw him. But Marvin Jones is probably in the in the B tier, the second tier yeah, of those guys. Yeah, well, so. and so is Richard, Richard Sherman and Kerry Hyder certainly are. Too. Well, because like, if you so have Marvin and then you keep Crowder and then you draft a receiver and you have Denzel Mims, I'm good. One through four. You got your four receivers right there. So I'm not in love. If Gallie's costing $20 million, yeah, I'm not doing it. And Juju, the whole TikTok and the distraction thing scares me a little bit. So give me Marvin Jones or Will Fuller or Corey Davis. I'm perfectly fine with one of how those old, guys. How old does Jake sound, Alex? He's worried about social media. Oh, score seven years ago. <laughs> wow. I know. I do sound 30, like an old Are man. you 30 now, Jake? I turned 30. You missed it. My 30th birthday, February 5th. Yes, uh, Super Bowl time. I turned 30. So I do sound like an old man. It's been, I've been locked indoors, bro. I, you know, it's 60 degrees now. I got to finish this podcast and hang on the roof and get some color in. And, you know, I've been I've been living a Casper life for so long, and it is good to be free now. Spring is on the horizon. Have you picked the Mets to win the World Series? Uh, <laughs> not, I haven't gone through our predictions yet, but I kind of like the spring training thing because it was fun. I know a lot of people thought, you know, this is an amateur Little League move for them to celebrate like they won. Celebrating, yeah. But I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. The Dodgers scare me, though. That rotation is just stacked. Their offense is stacked. They're just so good. In the NL East, the Mets have a ton of competition. It's going to be a four- or five-team division race. So we'll see. I think i got to see Syndergaard back, and i got to see what other move they make to get a third baseman or a reliever. But I like the roster, and I can't wait to be back at City Field. Can't wait to be back at MetLife this fall. You know, they announced there will be, what, 15% or whatever, but that'll go up by the time September comes. And looking forward, Jets fans, to seeing what happens in free agency right here on the Gangs All Here podcast. That says adios, amigos, to episode 64, the Guy Bingham edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out in producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star rating and write in a nice review there for Brian Costello. I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back after the Jets make some signings in free agency. So we'll talk to you then. Stay safe. 
And thanks for listening, folks. Peace. Peace.